Hey, I'm Will Malone, and this is Will of the Future, a podcast where I look to what's next in the world of photography and creativity. Okay, so I'm back. Uh, just got back from California, and uh, it was fun. Uh, exhausting. It was a short time to fly across the country and back. Uh, wouldn't recommend that. I'm kind of, uh, air travel is just not my favorite anymore. Uh, I used to like it a lot. I used to do it a lot growing up and now I kind of, I've fallen, I've fallen out of love with it. And, uh, it's, it's just a lot of sitting around scrolling, driving in a car is meditative. It's enjoyable. I can listen to music. Uh, I don't really look at my phone. I just kind of, I disconnect from the world. I can think, but in an airport, you're bored, you're stressed from possibly missing your flight, delays, which I had plenty of this trip, and then you're just sitting around like, well, I guess I have nothing to do but wait, and then you just end up scrolling Instagram for a long time, and it's it's just not it's just not fun. I don't I don't enjoy it. And then the then just you you have all these plans and they don't really work out very well and it's it's just kind of a pain in the butt. I mean, it's just not it's just not enjoyable. But I did while I was there, I shot a ton of film, which was really fun. I probably the most film I've shot all at once in a very very long time. I I shot about 10 rolls, which uh, was an eye-popping number to develop. Obviously, film photographers probably shoot more than that and have to dole it out over time. And hundreds of it was in the hundreds of dollars to get it developed, which is pretty like that's a lot. It's a lot of money. Uh, but but I just shipped it off. I did it in multiple shipments because I was afraid that if I shipped it all at once and it got lost in the mail, I'd lose all of it. So I shipped it like I broke it up a little bit. So if I lose one in the mail, I don't lose all of it. Uh, but I thought it was fun because I found myself shooting a lot more film than I was shooting digital, uh, which um, digital is fun. I just brought the Sony because I was there shooting photos for an event, and so I kind of needed my like content big boy, which is what I'm filming this on right now, the Sony a7 IV, and that's just good. It's got the switch, so I can switch between making video clips and taking photos, so I can make video clips for like reels and content and all that kind of stuff. And it got me thinking. It's like when I was shooting film, I was able to just enjoy taking photos. I was walking around just focusing on the shot, the composition, all that stuff. And then I take the photo and then I totally forget it because it's film. So you shoot film and you don't get to see it for who knows. I mean, whenever it's done, it could, a couple weeks from now, I will finally see the photo. But with digital, it feels like I can't be as much of a photographer anymore, which is probably why I've gravitated so much toward film now is like shooting photos for this event. You know, I used to shoot weddings, events, all kinds of stuff. I don't shoot events anymore aside from like a few specific things like this. And that's partially because it feels like you can't just shoot photos of events anymore. Um, there's other events I've shot earlier this year. And part of the goal of shooting that was also making sure to get clips for short form vertical video for social media. And it just got me thinking. It is hard to just be a photographer now, if not impossible. And I want to say that the, the best way to become a photographer and just focus only on photography is to specialize in uh, just a certain type of photography, a type of storytelling or whatever. But otherwise, if you're, if you're getting hired by clients, you're probably going to be dabbling in a little bit of video. You're going to be doing social media. You're going to, it's not just going to be about the photos. And it's hard to just limit yourself to photos more and more now. And I just 
film allows me to not have to have all the features to do all that stuff. And so I gravitate more toward film because it just feels more pure, I guess. Sorry if you can hear that. It's it's pouring rain outside. This And there's no day this week where it's not going to be raining. So I'm, it is what it is, if you can hear that. Um, but yeah, so being a photographer right now is tough. And I will say it's tough as somebody who has been doing it for 15 years. So I've I feel like 10 years ago even, it didn't look the same as it does now. Now there's so many demands on what you are to do as a photographer. Meaning... Um, Cool, take a photo, post it on Instagram. Oh, it's horizontal, no one looks at it. Cool, so well, take all the photos you shot that day, turn it into a reel, edit it into a video. Um, make a brand and logo with which you have to make a YouTube channel, do all that stuff. And I'm doing a YouTube channel, partially because I realize like, if I wanna do fun projects, then the best way to possibly have any success with just doing a fun photo project is to have some sort of YouTube documentary component, which could potentially one day help bolster my photo projects. Otherwise, you do a photo project, you post it on Instagram, people scroll past it, forget, don't pay attention. Um, it's just tough. It's tough to do images. And I talked, uh, or just two-dimensional images, and I talked about this a little bit the other day is with the Apple Vision Pro. It's just, it's tough out there if all you want to do is take pictures. If you're a videographer, the world is your oyster because all everyone wants is video. And so part of the reason I got the Sony a7 IV is because it's got a switch. So I can take some photos, switch to video, take some photos, switch to video. And then I can take all those clips. I just took the clips and made a highlight reel with it to music and that kind of thing. And that's not why I got into photography. I don't hate it, don't get me wrong, but it's just not, it's not really photography. But you've got to just be capturing everything. You just have to be a content machine. And there's something kind of depressing about that. Uh, but also, I don't think it's the end of the road. Like, I, I don't think, I think there's a lot of problems with how algorithms work and how photographers are supposed to you know, interact with audiences and do all that stuff. But I, I don't think it's totally over. I just think the people, like we really, if you want to be a photographer, if you want to be an artist, if you want to be anything other than what the world wants us to be, which are trendy content machines, um, you have to really just carve out that lane and suffer to just make it work. Um, and that's a very hard road. Uh, it's a long game, telling a story long term. Um and it still requires some of that stuff. Uh, still requires some of that algorithm stuff. So I think there's just it's just harder to be distinct. And I really noticed it when I was in California when I went to this event. And, you know, there were a lot of cool cars there. There was, uh, you know, all kinds of cool stuff, merch, whatever. But one thing that was kind of crazy was it the event was this cookout thing. And it was like a car show for cameras just walking around you see people with Leicas you see people with Texas Leicas you saw people with like RB67s uh you saw people with you know Nikon F2s or whatever and it was just like a smorgasbord of cameras everywhere a lot of Sony's Sony man California is like Sony country out here it's still a lot of Canon because there's a lot of wedding events people here so a lot of Canon here um I'm seeing more and more Sony's but, a, but from a lot of video people um and it was kind of crazy because it made me reflect on the past few years. And I would go to an event five years ago, and there might be one other guy with a camera. 
and it'd be I'd have a Nikon and he'd have a Canon or something like that. And now it's like you go to any event and it runs the gamut. People got Leicas, people got Nikons, people got Sony's, they got film, digital, medium format, and it's just it's just a more saturated world. It's just a more competitive photography world. And I think, you know, we blame a lot of the algorithms and how social media works and all, and just the attention economy or whatever for making photography harder. And, you know, there's truth to all that, but I think what makes it really hard at the end of the day is just the fact there's a lot more people with cameras taking pictures. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but it definitely is just harder to stand out, you know? Uh, and if you've been doing it a while, you just kind of like, just keep going, I guess. Like I, I'm never gonna stop. I love photography. It's it's the, it's the art form that brings me the most joy. And I'm gonna find ways to just, you know, the the best way, the best strategy I have found is to just be myself and just let what happens happen. That's kind of my strategy. I don't really have a strategy around becoming something I'm not anymore. I've tried that a lot. Doesn't really work. So I've kind of my strategy is more just. Be Will Malone and see where you land after that. And um, and I've been doing it for a while, so I've kind of developed a way of doing things. And the fact is, is like I do it the way I do it. And if a guy comes up, picks up a camera three weeks ago, and he's already shooting work that's like super popular and outpaces mine, like good for him. Like I don't, I don't really care to compare myself to different photographers, but I will say they're just a lot more than there were. And I started in 2009 when, if you wanted to learn photography, you had to kind of consult books. Like, I was reading Scott Kelby's books. Scott Kelby's digital photography books were, like, the books to read back when I was getting into photography. And did I know many photographers back then? I mean, I was in Hawaii. I was on an island. But I didn't know that many people doing it. I knew a couple older guys um, who were Nikon people. And uh, I got a Nikon because I hung out with older guys who had Nikons. And uh, then I moved to Chattanooga. And, you know, a lot more photographers in college, but still not a ton. A lot of the people who went to college when I went to college, that was their first time ever using a camera was an intro to photography class. And I had been using a camera for three or four years before that. No, no, like two years before that. And so I, I was a little, like, had a little bit of a jump, head start on people in college. And then by the end of college, a lot more people had cameras. But now it's like, that's that was 10 years ago. And now it's just hobbyists, film photographers. There's just a whole variety of types of photographers now who focus on different things. I talked to a guy whose girlfriend shoots, you know, um, portraits, models. She Apparently she even does double exposure, which I don't hear that very often. I don't hear people concentrating on double exposure as much, which that kind of excites me because I, I just love double exposure. I want more of that. And I want to know more people who do that. And then he was talking about how he likes to shoot cars and different things. Another guy shoots concerts on film, point and shoot stuff. Like it was just, uh, it was just like a whole bunch of people who had different things they were focusing on, and I think that makes for a more vibrant, interesting photography world. But again, it's just makes it tougher to stand out, and I think the best way to stand out as a photographer is to just lean into what makes you you, lean into what is interesting to you, and you know, if you can crash that into relevance at some point, then even better. Um, I think being a film photographer is very cool right now. Uh, I've shot film for a while. Uh, I've kind of naturally, as time has gone on, just enjoyed it more and more as the demands of being a photographer got more stressful and more difficult. Um, so I've kind of, I've kind of gone into film 
uh, more and more coincidentally. I really started shooting film in 2015, but I've it's kind of a coincidence. Actually, no, 2010. Jeez, um, it's actually kind of a coincidence that I've started to shoot a lot more film now when it's more cool. It's just kind of a natural progression of my tastes, um, which kind of sucks because now everybody's doing it. It's like way more expensive to buy film. I spent like $200 just on a few packs of film uh, right before my trip. And I'm just like, man, you can, I could have bought like a cheap tilt shift lens for my Fujifilm camera uh, for that amount of money. But yeah, I think the tough part of being a photographer now too is just maintaining relevance of some kind. It's like you can take photos of anything you want, but sometimes like I have this amazing skill of talking about stuff in photography and shooting photos in photography that has the precision to go past anyone who's interested. Like I found the hole between people that no one cares about when talking about photography and creativity a lot. And just talking general about creative process and photography and that kind of stuff and even some printing just doesn't work on social media as much people want to hear about lenses and gear and all that kind of stuff and i have zero interest in talking about a lot of that so i i'm struggling to figure out where where i can talk about relevant photography topics that people are actually listening to right now but again it's like you can chase that as much as you want but at the end of the day you kind of just have to be you and if something hits cool and maybe 10 things you do don't do anything and one thing does and it's just a it's just a constant like chase and if you're exhausted of that then maybe you don't need to be part of it um and but right now I I enjoy the process of it it's just it does get a little wearying to do the whole song and dance uh, just to get your photos seen when you didn't have to do that a few years ago quite as much. But again, everything changes. AI's coming. So that's a whole other whole other thing that photographers have to uh, prepare for as well. I was listening to Rick Rubin's new podcast. Uh, a, the I think it's like Tetragrammaton or something like that. I don't know what that means. But he's, he's basically having conversations with incredible artists in culture. And I listened uh, on the plane to the... Alejandro Inarritu one who did Birdman and the new movie Bardo I forgot the whole name and uh The Revenant and all kinds of stuff and he has just a very unique movie making style and one thing he talked about was just how he just isn't cut out for social media and how his kid he, it would just drive him crazy if he had to be um evaluated all the time or have to like seek approval daily with what he makes and you know, I was thinking about his movies, and his movies are very, like, they're not crowd-pleasers at all. They please some crowds, but they're just for a certain type of person. They're not for everybody. He he talks about how he found his tribe of people interested in his type of movies. And I think at this point, we're not going to reach mass audiences. A lot of us, most of us aren't, especially with as many photographers as there are. But our goal should be to find our tribe, uh, the group of people that is down with what we're doing. Maybe that's 5,000 people. Maybe that's 10,000 people. Maybe it's 20,000 people. But, you know, a lot of people spend years making films. And Inaritu's made films that I'm sure he spent tons of time on, uh, money, crew, travel, given a couple years of his life to that just never took off. And I think that's one thing that with social media we, we, we aren't comfortable with. And every artist right now who uses social media frequently is upset when they post a photo and it just doesn't catch on, even though they love it. And we've got to get past this point where 
we're looking for everyone else's approval to tell us what is worth doing. The thing I hate the most on social media is when people are like, what other content do you want to see from me? And my question is, is like, what kind of content you want to make? And make what you want to make and then, you know, see where it lands. Uh, and people spend a lot more resources making stuff that fails uh, in other artistic mediums that photographers it doesn't have the costs like that to post a photo that just doesn't get enough likes imagine spending years of your life on a movie that bombs on the box at the box office i mean that's that goes that's just tons of manpower executives a lot of money resources time creativity goes in there and it could totally flop and it just does and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to it other than people just didn't connect to it or whatever so you have to find the enjoyment of the process and the making of the thing yourself because stuff's just going to fail. We're, we're just going to fail at things. Stuff we make just isn't going to work a lot of the time. And some stuff does, but I think that's rarer than not. And imagine being a director who puts their heart and soul into their story in a movie and they're, they're telling their own story and no one gets it or no one cares or no one – that should see it sees it or it just doesn't get out there i mean that seems a lot more gut-wrenching than not getting engagement on social media and so i think really our approval has to come from ourselves rather than others we post it and just say see ya if it works it works move on make the next thing and i think that would solve a lot of our problems uh for our feelings around social media is just we have to find joy in the making of the thing and the process of making it. And then once the process of making it is done, we post it and we move on to the process of making something else. And that's all that's all it's got. That's all it can be. We can't sustain this hope that we're all going to become insta famous or viral on TikTok or it's all going to be like we're going to have failures and uh, it's those failures that teach us things and we can't we will drive ourselves crazy and continue to get depressed about our work if we're in it just for the social media engagement. And truth be told, I was shooting photos before social media, before I had anywhere to post them. So I know I, this test I've passed. I know that if there was no social media, I would still be doing what I'm doing. Um, so to me, it doesn't matter as much. A lot of these podcasts are getting like 15 views on YouTube, but I'm enjoying making them and I'm enjoying the medium it's giving me to express myself. And, you know, a couple of them get more, a couple of them get less. And I just don't really care. <laughs> I've been making stuff for years. I'm going to keep making stuff. And, you know, maybe in a few years I make something that, that works for people and it grows. But the fact is, is I'm just going to be here day in and day out, just continually podcasting and taking photos and trying to tell a story with photography and about photography and my love of photography. And, um, you know, I have people that are interested in what I do and it's a super small number and maybe it'll grow one day. But again, the joy has to be in making the thing, not the engagement with the thing. Um, in this week's recommendations, uh, sorry, I hit the mic in this week's recommendations. I don't really have something I have. I've been kind of busy. I haven't, I don't have anything new for you as far as like book or movie or whatever. I will recommend road trips though, because air travel sucks. And like I said, it's meditative. I enjoy it. Um, you see more, it's better as a photographer instead of sitting in a metal tube crammed with a bunch of people, uh, or sitting in some, you know, uh, airport gate with a Hudson 
bookstore where you, all you can buy is like chips and nuts and stuff and you just I don't know it's just depressing it's just not fun road trips are so much better uh, more fun for taking pictures I just didn't have you know three or four to I didn't have a week of additional time in order to drive to LA and back although I would have much preferred that it would have been more fun uh, it would have been more fun with friends uh, or my family as well instead of just by myself but either way it would have been more enjoyable than running through uh, a terminal trying to make my next connection flight yeah, it's just not it's just such a hassle and it's gotten worse since before covid too it's just it's gotten it's gotten a lot more miserable um anyway so that uh the rick rubin podcast tetragrammaton is very good um tetragrammaton it's, it, i don't know what it means i haven't looked it up um it's a very interesting style uh and he has some good conversations i listened to a bunch of them on the flight um trying to think of something else Oh, I saw The Flash, and uh, I wouldn't recommend that. It's fine. It bombed at the box office, actually. Imagine that. Imagine being a whole studio and all this stuff and putting everything, putting Michael Keaton as Batman, and it bombing at the box office. You know, we're complaining about our photos not getting engagement. Imagine all the people who gave, you know, two years to making that movie, and no one wants to see it. And I saw it, and it was, it was fine. It was... It was fine. I don't think anyone cares about Michael Keaton as Batman. I don't think. I think they hit the wrong. They they waited too long to bring Michael Keaton back as Batman because, uh, the people like my dad's age who Michael Keaton is their Batman have zero interest in the Flash. Uh, but the people my age in their thirties, uh, think of Christian Bale as their Batman. So if Christian Bale was Batman in this The Flash movie. Not only would I have kind of hated that and it would have undercut the, you know, the the power and gravitas of Christopher Nolan's version of Batman, but I probably would have been way more interested because I don't care. Michael Keaton's Batman's like, whatever. I, was, I wasn't even born when that movie came out. Uh, I think it came out like right before I was born. But anyways, I don't, his suit's stupid. Like it doesn't, you can't turn his neck. And in this one, he was like fighting way better than in the first Batman but it was because he was made of CGI, and it just wasn't interesting. And then they have a few other cameos, and I laughed at one of them. One of them I was stunned by, but they were all just too, like, it just wasn't, it didn't connect. And I think they got their ages screwed up. I think a lot of the people who were, I mean, there were tons of kids in my theater. They didn't know who Michael Keaton was as Batman. They didn't understand any of the cameos that appeared from older DC movies. Um, and it's like, I don't know who the movie's like aiming at. It's aiming at fans, but what age fans? Because not my age and not younger than me. Um, and then the people who, you know, were old enough to get a lot of the cameos uh, aren't going to see the movie. So I don't understand that. Anyways, okay, we're done this week. Uh, have a great week, and I will see you again next week. If you like what we're doing here, go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at Will Malone, Twitter at Will Malone 365, and you can check out my website over at willmalone.com.